Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and today I'm joined by the lovely Melanie Guerrero. For those of you who are new to the podcast, Melanie was actually my third ever guest in August of 2020, and I've introduced a new series recently where I re-record with guests I had on the podcast in the earlier days to see what's changed um, and how a lot of the things we talk about have evolved. So that episode is called Feeding Body and Soul. You can listen to it now if you feel so inclined. And without further ado, here's Melanie. Melanie Guerrero is a Silver Spring Latina native whose parents immigrated from Paraguay. She's a lover of food, food justice, gardening, and baby carrots. She loves working out and doesn't mind being bruised like a banana. You can find her taking naps at Brookside Gardens, watching a scary movie, or getting excited about new Trader Joe's products. Hi, Melanie. Hey, Fiona. Um, Thank you for joining me today. Uh, We last talked two and a half years ago Mm -hmm. about, which is crazy. Um, And we're back at my childhood home. Yep. So (laughs) some things just never change. Um, And last time we talked a lot about your work in food justice and how you were volunteering in large part with organizations around D.C. to provide aid to families during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We talked about your brief moved to New York, which I honestly forgot about until I was re-listening to the episode and I was like, this feels like a fever dream. (laughs) Um, And we talked about your time in the Amazon and mental health and journaling, meditating, manifesting, all that good stuff Mm -hmm. and how to navigate these years personally and professionally. Um, So I'm excited to have you back. Thanks, I'm excited to be here. We have to catch ourselves up to speed because I just feel like a lot has happened in between. I mean, that's the point of this. Yeah. But um, I so I'm curious to hear about how your work in the environmental sphere has grown and evolved. But um, there's also a lot of things that I feel like have happened for you personally mm-hmm. that I'm curious about. Yeah. And you can be as like transparent or or like not as you want about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got a puppy, uh-huh. you bought a house, uh-huh. like that's all, those that's are like two things. big things. Uh-huh. Um, how old is your puppy now? Well, Benito is 11 months. He'll be one April 10th. Oh, he's just a baby. He's just a baby, but he's a Craigslist puppy. He is? Yeah. He was, I had a quick apartment around Glenmont. I lived in after moving out of Silver Spring for a bit. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I have my own apartment. I can get a puppy. And I want a puppy so badly. And we have a backyard now, so like Oh, that's so nice. I know. So it it feels like there's not much of an excuse, but my only fear is the financial like obligation where yeah. if I have an emergency vet visit, that's gonna really scary be, yeah, it's gonna really be scary. And how does it feel being a homeowner? It's exciting. I mean I that's so crazy. Blessed. Yeah. It is very like it's really crazy. hard for me to wrap my head around how that happened. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was a big process, but I also knew that I couldn't live alone in an apartment. There was no way. I thought my brain was like, this is not financially smart, and I also like don't really. I love all my friends, but I was at the point mm-hmm. where I'm just like, I don't really want to live with anyone at this point. Mm. I had two great roommates. There were a couple. Shout out Tori and Yosh. Um, but they bought a house in Baltimore, and we were, like, on the same, like, energies of, like, we're going to live here for a bit, but mm-hmm. we're both house hunting. And Tori, the girl, she bought a house, and I'm like, wow, okay, I, like, 
she was like so a did you learn a lot by watching her go through that process yeah basically okay. in a sense but then i also kind of studied myself yeah and i was at the point where i was like all right i saved up enough that i could buy a house i could afford a house on my own it's just that i feel like that's the opposite of the narrative that i hear a lot right now about how we'll never be able to buy a house so just to know that you did it and you pulled it off is just amazing it's crazy i really like even seeing that interest rate back then yeah it wasn't favorable but it it was before it hit four right mm. and i was super lucky because it was right before everything kind of went even nuts yeah i don't know i think the interest rate was like at five or six now i don't really remember but it was a whole process i had saved up and i'm like there's no point in living in an apartment anymore yeah like I have the money. I don't know. Again, I don't. My biggest fear was, do I want to stay in Maryland forever? Like, not that really. commitment. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't really want to stay here forever. But, like, would you rent it? Yeah, exactly. So I would just rent it. Like I'll yeah. refinance myself, figure that out. But I was like, all right, it's just time to get something in my name. And a big goal of mine was to have my own house before I even get married, if that's something I mm. want to do. I just like. My grandma and my mom, or, like, a lot of the women in my family were like, if you can get something in your own name, you need to do it. That's like, good okay. advice. Yeah. I, I saw your TikTok of, like, the thrifting for the for your home, and I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. Like, I, you have to buy for stuff inside the home. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Yeah. And it's I funny when I see, like, those videos of people who bought a house and then realize that they only had the money for the house, and then they're, like, just Air sitting on the floor. floor. Yep. <laughs> yeah. With a yeah. towel. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And that was, like, granted, I had enough to fill the home, but mm-hmm. it's definitely, like, I didn't have enough to fill three bedrooms. Right. Totally. And I'm like, I'm I mean, because you're going from an apartment to, to like, a huge house. house. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it's great, and thrifting is where it's at for my home yeah it's easy it's cheap and i'm thinking about doing a a thrift stop a thrift shop thrift shop stop today (laughs) (laughs) god that was so hard yes that was hard yeah yeah Yeah, the one down the street the one that i know well that's my value village is my dad's favorite Uh he goes there all the time but i think the one unique thrift store Mm -hmm. um that's like off is that off beers mill korean corner yeah yeah i think that one has a lot more so i don't know i don't have a car here anymore so i might have to talk my mom into it mm-hmm. Let's go <laughs> but, thrifting. but well if i actually if i asked my dad he would be like 100%. yeah he's if he hears that i'm going to the thrift store and i haven't invited him he's pissed, he's pissed. yeah oh, <laughs> love it so we'll see um okay so work stuff too yeah i gave a little disclaimer last time um upon, per your request which i thought was a great recommendation and i'm gonna bring it back just for Mm -hmm. the listeners now um that this applies to both melanie and any of my guests that their views are their own and not necessarily a reflection of the organizations they may be involved with um i i just loved that you brought that up last time and i think it's important to reshare um so i just want to hear a little bit more about how your work life has changed too because i you're still at the organization that you're with when we talked last time yeah which, I mean, two and a half years, like, it's a long time. that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to hear about how that has evolved and, like, your role there and that vision, yeah. you know, like, your involvement and all of that good yeah. stuff. 
Well, I think two years ago I had just got hired with the organization. Yeah. And I was in the Produce Plus program, which was a farmer's incentive program of D.C. Mm-hmm. For example, basically folks could get X amount and go to farm farmer's market and get all these produce for, like, the entirety of, like, from May to November. Mm. Love the program. That program got shifted to another nonprofit in D.C. Okay. And then, actually, my contract had ended. But before my contract had ended, the new project, which was the well at Oxen Run, Mm -hmm. the urban farm that's now in D.C., um, they were transparent and, like, mentioned, like, hey, we're going to be hiring for this stuff to the entirety of the staff. They said that. And so I, I had gone to the director of the t- uh, director of the well, and I just kind of nudged her ear. I'm like, "Hey, I really want to be a part of this project. I know the position isn't going to be listed by the time I leave, but it would be just really great if you can remind the hiring managers to send me that." Is stuff. most of like the jobs in that sphere contract based? Is it? It depends. Project based. So like. My experience with the organization was every year my contract is only a year, but okay. the likelihood of me being rehired, of right. that renewed. person being renewed, yeah. is very high. Okay, gotcha. Um, but it just, with nonprofits, it's kind of difficult because of funding. Right. So my position could end at the end of the year and they can say, hey, we don't have the funds to rehire you. Right. But the, pr- the organization does place a high priority in folks mm-hmm. to come back if they can. Right. But basically, my contract had ended. I nudged the director. I really want this position. Mm-hmm. Can you just remind yourself and DC Greens to send it over to me? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, of course. So I was—I didn't have a job for three months, and I was searching, mm-hmm. and I was just, I just didn't connect with any of the roles that I was applying for. I did some interviews, but I was like, I'm just not into this mm-hmm. stuff. It was like kind of marketing, kind of food mm-hmm. stuff, but it wasn't the kind of food. It wasn't food as area. hands-on. Exactly. Yeah. So then now I got I applied for that role, got mm-hmm. it in March. So it's almost been a year since I've been with this project. Okay. Um, so what is the project? It's the well at Oxford Run. So okay. it's a one-acre farm in southeast D.C. Mm-hmm. We have, like, ten growing fields. It's community space. We've had yoga in the past. It's, it has, like, an outdoor classroom. Yeah. Um, we grow corn, tomato, bell peppers, le- everything you could imagine. We have fig trees inside. We also have an aviary, so we're planning to get chicken and ducks in the aviary. Really? So it's a whole, it's, we don't like to call ourselves an urban bar- urban farm because yeah. we're trying to get into a different sphere of what urban farming is, but I'm just the coordinator, so. Can you um, expand on that a little bit, just yeah. like w- urban farming and yeah. you're so trying to shift to? You know, like, I don't really know how to define urban farms besides a farm in a city. <laughs> yeah. But, for like, it's it's the way that I think a lot of the food space is shifting to. Mm-hmm. Folks should know how to grow. Yeah, it's 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 hard. That's one of the things I'm very excited about having a backyard. Yeah, because like the I I am friends with the people who lived in the apartment before me, mm-hmm. and so they already planted a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. So which is really very helpful <laughs> because now a lot yeah. of that stuff is coming into bloom, but. Dean and I are also so excited. We're like, can we do tomatoes? Like, can we do peppers or something? Um, And my company actually just published a book called um, New York Green, Mm -hmm. which is like a deeper dive into a lot of the green spaces in the city. Yeah. um, And trying to redefine what um, 
like like a green space not being purely decorative and it being like an integral part of city living yeah. and city life because even when you said 10 growing fields like me picturing that in southeast dc like it just doesn't like, compute um, yeah, yeah i'm like i can't picture it mm-hmm. um sorry i just i had to no it's okay i mean like you're right <laughs> it's in the fact that you're able to get some get some green space passed down to you is really important yeah but i think the whole part of urban farming and bringing back farms into the city it's people aren't grounded as they were before i mean it's in our i i believe it's in our blood to be able to do that kind of stuff yeah so the idea of urban farms is to bring back that cultivating the hands-on experience of having a farm right outside your door whether Mm. it's one acre whether it's a garden plot like a community garden exactly except with us like folks don't have plots to come we have our actual own farm team um and we basically the farm team grows the stuff Mm -hmm. and they get the community can come for free produce so they can get oh wow they want to come for like two pounds of kale they can really they want all the bell peppers they want they can if they want a whole bunch of okra they can like we there's no limit to how much folks can get it and not only that we actually partnership with a lot of other food access organizations in dc so Mm -hmm. we're able because we recognizing 10 growing fields may sound like a lot yeah but to but when you actually put an action mm-hmm. no nah, it's not right especially if we can't determine the yield that's going to happen that season right um so a lot of the stuff that we do is growing but it's also a lot of partnerships so make mm-hmm. sure that we maintain that space to be active mm-hmm. so we have folks from this organization called the green scheme they really maintain the kids presence at the farm we have Friends of Ox and Rum, which maintain the protection area of that whole park, and they also bring in elders. Mm-hmm. And then we have Soul of the City, which also like just maintains the whole farm, the integrity, and just the cleanliness of the space. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of thought projects. So is that a lot of the coordinating that you end up yeah, doing? Yeah, like maintain the partners around us. Just I run social media. I mean, oh, okay. for folks who want to do a nonprofit, you're going to be doing everything. Your position says one <laughs> thing, but I promise you, you're going to be doing everything. Yeah. I do contracting wow (laughs) just crazy things but it's it's great because if i were if i i am planning to leave within like a year Mm -hmm. i can go on any position because of this one position or because of last year's position which i imagine too since it is like contract based they're open to that yeah like it's not taboo yeah yeah and it's i mean it's great i love it and i mean i get to depending on the day i get to literally go on go to the farm and work on my computer i was gonna say like even season by season everything must change because you have a completely different like task at hand Mm -hmm. exactly and like we have like i think two days ago we had our other teams from dc greens come out and support Mm -hmm. us on the farm so a lot of the stuff i do is like even just organizing larger groups to come to the farm and provide us support yeah so it's great i mean i love it and it's 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 i honestly say I appreciate my job despite how hard it can be. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to find another job where I can wake up and be like, I get to put on overalls and some <laughs> boots and go meet some funders for the day yeah. in this outfit and just be present. And it's really great. Oh, I yeah, love that. I love oh, that's so exciting. Mm-hmm. It's funny because last time we talked, I said a few times that I thought you were super grounded and you were. But now I feel like on top of that, the situation around you is grounded mm-hmm. and like that's coming through too yeah you know 
everything i mean i try i mean like it's like there's an alignment happening oh yeah i i you know it's like i pray i'm not really like i I don't like to say i'm not religious yeah but if you yeah Yeah. we talked about that it's Mm -hmm. just like if you think about it if you connect to it and how can you not make it happen yeah but it's hard it's hard work right but everything i I feel like it's also tied into like getting involved in the community you automatically are like you you see you okay i'm really not articulating this well okay i'm thinking about like the groundedness that you were when you were on like a solo journey Mm -hmm. versus the groundedness that you are when you're in community with others Mm -hmm. and they just feel like two completely different things completely and both like important in their own right yeah but i feel like once you tap into the community aspect of it the world kind of opens up in a different way oh definitely without a doubt yeah and like a lot of this stuff like i am in a very different like the organ the project i was with before mm-hmm. it was all over zoom it was all right. over like it was during covid yeah and this is the complete opposite i'm in person i'm with community folks come to the farm every single day and like i get to meet You're new people not working from home <laughs> i'm not i'm i am but i'm yeah. not especially yeah. in the summertime i get to like bounce over there right but it's a very different experience and also like covid i i'm a very social person mm-hmm. but like covid very much almost grounded me too much where i just really like my alone time and i mm-hmm. almost like Sometimes I don't really want to talk to people. My social battery runs yes. out much faster. That's what I want. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, this project has really tested me in that way because some days I really don't want to be with my coworkers. Yeah. They're cool, but I don't want to see them. I just want to be able to put on my headphones and do some work. But right. then, like, I also, my director at the time, she's like, hey, Mel, like, we just got to talk you up more. I'm like, you're right. I do need to connect. I'm with community. Is this like even after you've left the house or is it like when you're about to leave? Because for me, I'm like, once I get out of the house, I know, like I don't want to leave. And then I leave and then I'm like, okay, it's fine. And then my social battery does run out later. Mm-hmm. But like the first hardest part is actually leaving. <laughs> the thing like for me is like, I'd be like, all right, I can go. I'm fine, whatever. Okay. But for me, like, I just have to do this. So I, I'll yeah. get ready. I'll have breakfast. But once I'm there, I don't really push myself. Gotcha. But, like, once people come in, I realize, I'm like, all right, this is fun. Let's, yeah. It, it, it's not going to hurt if you become a it's little like, more well, It's like building up, like, a certain endurance, too. Because yeah. even I'm, I go into the office two days a week, and – it's Wednesday, Thursday. So like the first two days of the week when I'm working from home, I'm like, you know, very, it's chill, you know, I'm just home. And then I go into the office and then those two days are over. I hit Friday and I feel like I ran a marathon. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I haven't been home in weeks, you know, but it's only been two days. But my endurance is so much like less than it used to be of, of how long I can last. (laughs) No, it's true. Giving hours of a day somewhere it's, it's I, I gotta find it but i will say whenever i do have to go like in office or at the farm mm-hmm. the most the thing that gets me out the house is my outfits is really putting on clothes <laughs> because like even i heard that people were like during the pandemic i would dress up to go to the grocery store i'm like that's mm. so true i did that too because that was the only yeah. reason 
to go out. Yeah. Whereas, like, now, like, if I put on a fun farm outfit. I even tweeted the other day, like, you guys are going to see my fun farmer outfits. I love that. Because it's just fun. Like, See, my problem is that I want to be comfortable all the time now. Mm -hmm. And so I have a hard time even, like, uh, you know, I'll lean I, I, even putting on jeans as a concept yeah. as opposed to just like wearing my leggings and like a sweatshirt I have a hard time actually getting like excited about feeling anything but like cozy you I know? feel you and I think that's the biggest thing not even with the farm but in my personal life like yeah. sometimes I do want to go dancing or I want to be at a bar it's very limited but yeah. like most of the things that I do I don't have to dress up cute yeah right I'm in like my cozy streetwear or just something that mm -hmm. like I feel great in. Mm -hmm. And but sometimes I do want to get up and look more girly. Yeah. But I, I, I told myself also this year I need to tap into my feminine side because it's there. It's existing. Yeah. But when I I just feel more masculine, masculine sometimes. And that's just right. me, and my energy. But girl clothes just aren't comfortable, Fiona. I, I know, do not want to be putting on a dress sometimes. I don't want to be putting on jeans like heels are just not it well the other part of this and i just had this conversation with a friend was that i don't know anymore if i know what my style is or if it's just like <laughs> whatever i'm like copying that i'm seeing you know on yeah, social media or what i'm actually like leaning towards because i also don't buy new clothes that often mm -hmm. so now i just kind of feel like lost of like what is my style like yeah. do i do I even have a style and like should I curate one like I don't know what I'm doing it's weird and I get that because social media can definitely like heighten a certain specific yeah. style especially when it comes to the very neutral colors right and I even again I even told myself I need to wear more bright clothing because everything I buy is black yeah everything I mean I love black but I need to yeah. throw some like just more colors but yeah. it's, it's clothing cannot it's just not it but back again if I dress fun for the farm mm -hmm. or when I go into office, that's like, that's my coffee. That's my Adderall. Mm -hmm. Like if I know I feel good and I'm going to the office, like that gets me through the day. But then I do that with like doing my makeup and I know that, you know, whatever. I don't have to wear makeup. I, sometimes I don't want to wear makeup. Uh -huh. Sometimes I don't. But if I do my makeup before I go to work. I am more engaged automatically. <sighs> it's weird. But How fun is that? But I, I yeah. get it. But yeah. like again, like that's it's like something about like just presenting yourself to the outside world mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to participate. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I get yeah. that. Yeah, but I get that. I mean, makeup is one thing I told myself I would need to get into this year because well, that's another thing too. Is <laughs> I was like, makeup is hard. It is hard. It is hard. And I've just started to try to pay attention to like okay what order do people do things in because i just do my like the order of of feels things good to that you. like i've always done uh -huh. and then i don't know trying out new things um is funny and there's a sephora like well i mean i'm all for drugstore makeup there's also a cvs 500 feet from me but there is a sephora two blocks from me as well oh wow so i know it's dangerous but um I'm, I'm trying here. You're trying. Yeah. A little bit. We're trying, Fee. I know. There you go. So back to the community stuff. That's one thing I actually said to Dean like yesterday probably um, because about getting more involved in community things because 
when we lived in Brooklyn, um, and this only happened, this must have happened after I talked to you last because I didn't move back to New York in the pandemic until November and we talked in August. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote for Greenpointers for a while, which was like, like I was, it, it's a neighborhood publication mm-hmm. um, for North Brooklyn. And I met so many local business owners and artists just through writing articles about them and like yeah. knowing what's going on in the n- neighborhood. And I loved it. I felt so much more connected to the area that we were living in and like the businesses around us and the people around us. Um, and now that we've moved, Where I'm are you like, guys now? We're on the Upper West Side. Oh wow, that's the, it the completely other side. Completely, right? and we didn't e- we did not want to leave Brooklyn, but um, when I was looking for places, um, everything was out of our price range, mm. and on top of that, like the places I did find, the brokers wanted fifteen percent, which would have been over four thousand dollars just the broker fee not even first month or security deposit or anything like that like money just never see again i wish the podcasters could see my face i know crazy it was crazy and like it's so annoying because they also got rid of broker fees in new york for a hot minute and then just like suddenly brought them back so i was panicking because we had initially applied to an apartment in astoria which i also did not think we were going to move to queens Mm -hmm. like the whole i really wanted to stay in the area Mm -hmm. we were in but um, the landlord, or the broker, I should say, in Astoria, strung us along for two weeks. And he just, like, he was, like, the landlord's deciding between, like, three applications. And I'm, like, we move in two weeks. Like, you have to tell me. <laughs> like, oh you know, because you can't look in, in the city until, like, a mo- the month that you're basically mm-hmm. ready to move, like, the month before. So I was, like, this is not how this works. Like, you have to tell us. Like, we have to move. And it's crazy because he actually never even got back to us. Like I was just hounding him for two weeks and he would be like, so just you guys like, had to find a whole other apartment. so I had to start looking again, like October 20th and we had to move by November 1st. <gasps> yeah. So, um, it was a nightmare and what ended up happening was a, f- a family friend was moving into, um, a new place on the same day that I was moving, had to move in mm-hmm. somewhere. So um, I took over that lease, which was ex- like just like a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, but a different, completely different neighborhood. So um, I'm I'm familiar with the Upper West Side. Like mm-hmm. I actually moved there when I first moved to the city, um, but I don't know the community at all. So I was like, we should like find something that we want to be involved with, volunteer with, or just you know, find ways to be connected. Cause in Greenpoint, you know, I don't know. I just felt so much more involved and yeah. like I was providing a service to, you know, the community also, yeah. which I loved. So I think that's one thing that we're going to try to figure yeah, out. Yeah. Community is very important. Yeah. And I think like, especially when it comes to like figuring out who people are, it's really important and, like, yeah. who they are and what they do and not even just like what they do, but like where they come from. Cause right. like, that's a big thing that I've, learn about in this work is I'm in Southeast DC mm-hmm. in Fort Eight and everyone there is very much into community but it's also it's a different community than what I've what I've been in it's a very black space and mm-hmm. I'm like I am the Latina in the space but I'm also a white presenting Latina mm-hmm. so folks see me right 
and some people be calling me white girl and that's fine but it's also like what makes you let, let's talk about it right yeah and then when i talk to them like oh this is why this is building community all right we're talking right and then they realize at the end they're like oh we just we just built that together you're not yeah. just a white girl in this very black space i'm like no i am a latina that's trying to just figure this out yeah but it's also just like community over there is so big my right. boss does such a good job at keeping up with the community and making sure folks are very aware of what's happening in the community and what's coming into the community. Like, right. it's, like the gentrification is going to be huge. Well, that's like one of the things that was like what was upsetting to me about not being able to stay in Greenpoint was like I I would write interview these people and write their stories and they would all have lived there far longer than I you know ever did or could and it was such an honor to like to meet people that have been a part of it for so much longer and like are so seasoned and and have offered so much to the area and being able to like you know uplift their stories was really special but I was sad that I couldn't stay you know like I it was a bummer to have to leave um it, and it, was it because things were just increasing? Oh, yeah. There? It's just so much more expensive. Wow. Um, so it was it was just bu- it's just bizarre to me, actually, that Brooklyn is becoming more expensive than Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Like it really is, That's especially crazy, yeah. North Brooklyn. So, um, yeah, I feel like in large part, it's like getting involved is also getting to know the people who have been there mm-hmm. forever, mm-hmm. you know, who they are what they do yeah um and i'm hoping actually that our whatever volunteer thing we end up in is environmental related yeah because i always feel like one of those people that never feels like they're doing enough but then it's kind of paralyzing where then you don't do anything yeah and then it's just a vicious cycle there's a ton i mean like i feel like the best a volunteer like folks always tell me like where do you find volunteers or like where do you go to volunteer I can't help but always to go back to a nonprofit or an organization that's acting for like farm support, right? Mm. Or like something involving food. I mean, I don't mean to always talk about food, but it's such an easy way to connect with folks. Do you know what's so funny is that the company that I'm at now, Mm -hmm. we publish a lot of art heavy culinary books. Mm -hmm. And so everyone I work with is a foodie. Yeah. And I remember when I was being interviewed, they were asking me, like, my relationship with food and all that stuff. Yeah. And for me, <laughs> this is so silly, but um, I talked about, like, the um, the cultural interest in food that I have because mm-hmm. because I don't have a foodie background because, like, my my mom just she does not she does not care about (laughs) she's like it's just irish meat potatoes and a veggie like Uh that's just like that's what she got Uh so like that's what i grew up with was just like very straightforward like meat potato veggie yeah like that was a simple straightforward dinner yep and expanding my understanding of the food world has been very exciting Mm -hmm. because we've done a lot of different like there's one book that we published in January. It's called The Brain Health Kitchen, and it talks. It's it's about um, preventing Alzheimer's through food. With mm-hmm. you know understanding that you can't fully prevent Alzheimer's, yeah. but 
slowing cognitive decline Mm -hmm. through food fascinating yeah and we also published one in october that i talked about on here before called ghetto gastro presents black power kitchen and it's um Uh it's um written by these three guys who collectively call themselves ghetto gastro and their mission is to um help fight food injustice in black and brown neighborhoods with like plant-based um meals like reimagining a lot of the staple recipes with plant-based healthier Mm -hmm. meals and like help bringing that access so i don't know just like my like my food world has just skyrocketed yeah Yeah, it's a very and like my my thing i always question is like what is a foodie like i know what foodies are yeah when i think of foodies it's almost like folks that like have like 30,000 Instagram followers and like right. those are foodies try like new know? spots and, and that's awesome make recommendations that's yeah. awesome but then the foodies in my world are the folks that are just into like nail dirt under the nails growing food right I want to figure out why not like garlic didn't work this season right not foodie. like what is like a slim fast yes exactly diet <laughs> and like that's fine for yeah. folks but it's i just cannot like i think i said this in the last podcast you don't eat with food with people you don't like you will never share a meal with someone you don't like unless that person is trying to poison you right (laughs) right right Right? but you will never share a meal with someone you don't like and Mm -hmm. if you and i said this i think in the other podcast is when you're going through a breakup or you're going through a conversation with someone Mm -hmm. that you don't really want to have what do you suggest let's go get coffee Mm -hmm. Yeah. a quick that coffee is gonna not be pleasant in 45 minutes when it gets cold right right food is a different experience you're sharing it with folks and like food i f- food is definitely a connecting piece for, for people and yeah. i think like if you ever volunteer with a space in in new york i suggest like local roots was one that i volunteered with and then okra farms mm. i think they're like a hydroponic farm in brooklyn oh wow and I think they were pretty fa- pretty small, like two or three years ago, I think. But now they're like a massive running farm out well, there. Well, that's the thing. I think the pandemic did introduce the fact that green spaces are so important. Yeah. And so as you expand, like, what is a green space? I think an obvious answer is, like, let's grow stuff, too. Yeah. You know? Like no, definitely. I mean, like, I think New York does such a good job at that. I think... You do? I think. I mean, like, whenever my whole feed pre, pre DC Greens mm-hmm. was New York Farms. But I okay, think, that's like, great. that's a niche that I was able to find. Yeah. But. What's your favorite thing to grow? Honestly, I'm not a grower, right? No? Like, I grow, I can grow a few things, but, like, I don't Is have green a. Thumb? So, look, <laughs> I have inside plants, yes, that. Okay. But I've never been able to grow something like a tomato. I didn't mm-hmm. have, I never had fields for that. But, I mean, basil is really easy. Basil, cilantro, green onions. Top garnishes are where it's at for me. Okay. Like, I love those. Especially, like, if it's just by the windowsill, yeah. you can easily grow. And, like, if you pick, if you keep maintaining it and picking it and just paying attention to it, right. it's going to grow. It's going to do its thing. My parents grow tomatoes and I don't know if they, for some reason I feel like they do have peppers up there, but they grow them on the deck upstairs. The tre- just trellising? I yeah I think actually they might have uh-huh. but to avoid the deer that come through here oh, that's smart, yeah. because we get a lot of deer and 
rabbits and and those things are going to be gone yeah 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 <laughs> exactly no so they Aww. literally hide them on the deck upstairs oh, like so and throw them up there <laughs> but it's yeah. like that's so it's just i find that so fun that your parents have to think about the animals surrounding I mean, them yeah. <laughs> yeah to protect their produce well i mean you know the deer around here yeah, they're they have no fear they don't like there have been i've been watching the tv you know in the living room uh-huh. and there has been a deer that's come straight up to the window and just like watches me watching tv and it's like <laughs> oh you're 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 not scared of this you're at all not scared they're full yeah. of words like those are the winches but like we are in their space yes you know oh totally so. without a doubt can't really blame them but that's a great way to think too i whenever i'm out anywhere especially with animals or yeah just in hiking i'm like i'm in their space at this point right i'm the intruder and i'm totally okay with acknowledging that yeah yeah, yeah. but at least for like for me for growing things too i'm gonna do my best i love it uh-huh. i do have i've my indoor plant um collection has increased significantly over the past two years Uh but um tell me if you relate to this at all I feel like I'm all god you're of course you're gonna relate to this but (laughs) um one of the things that one of the reasons that I really want to get involved somehow environmentally is also because of the fact that I don't work in that sphere Mm -hmm. but I can see that it's really going to be increasingly more of an issue Mm -hmm. (laughs) in years to come um and i don't know if you remember this but this sent me on an absolute spiral last summer Mm -hmm. there were some wildfires in california oh yeah and i remember looking out my window in brooklyn and seeing the red moon from the fires in california this was like august 2020 or something i think it was 20 i don't know if it Maybe it was 2021. But it, it was just, yeah. But I remember seeing yeah. it and being just shell-shocked that, like, what was happening in California was, like, visible from where I was in New York. And I f- that moment, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this, it just, like, brought it directly into my, in the mm-hmm. forefront the of my mind. And then it was like, I don't know what to do here because... Mm-hmm. I don't feel like my skill sets inherently are helpful <laughs> in this sphere, mm-hmm. but I know that it's everyone's responsibility to do something. Yeah. I think like, like, is that an existential crisis that you deal with? Honestly, no. <laughs> Cause you're doing stuff that, but I, I think for me is like, yes, you're right. I'm, I'm doing stuff, but I, I think the best way to not think about this whole doomsday about like energy about the earth mm-hmm. is to directly connect yourself with the community you're exactly in. Mm. Right. Like, yes, I'm fully aware of what's happening in the world and where we're going to go that even to the point, it makes me think like, do I want to have a kid because well, of that's the, the spiral? I that went down. Exactly. I was like, oh no. Like what is my moral obligation? What here? is my kid going to experience yeah. that I already don't get to experience? Right. right? But I almost like walked myself out of that fairly quickly. Not one because of the work I'm already involved in, but mm-hmm. two, like I'm so deeply connected within this whole DMV space mm-hmm. that I don't think about the doomsday energy. Mm. And I think it's because once you're feeling that, like you are, you're able to recognize like I can make a slight little change in the direct neighborhood I'm in. That though I'm aware, like 
it's really none of my business because mm. it is your business. But if you if you're doing the things to make sure you're able to maintain a better life, like you're leaving the earth in your section better than where how you were found, mm-hmm. that's better. And like yeah. though like that's it sounds true. kind of like harsh to say out loud, but this a lot a lot of like the doomsday article or feeling that folks kind of or like well, sometimes the activists kind of throw out like yeah. isn't really helpful anymore mm. folks don't want to engage in protests as much as uh, as much as our parents were involved especially your parents i know they were really heavily yeah in that we don't do that that's true and and i'm and it sucks but i think it's because when you go to these spaces it's a super doomsday like yeah. which is happening but like i think you're able to walk yourself out of that if you are able to directly tie yourself in those neighborhoods i feel like it's a matter of like if you're if all you're doing is thinking about it then of course you can think yourself down that yeah rabbit hole but if you're doing like if you're boots on the ground like participating in some way there's something about like I, I felt this way about jobs too, a trial and error, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you're sitting in the house in the pandemic and you're just thinking about what you w- might want to do next yeah. versus just doing stuff and then realizing what you do and don't like, it's, it's, I feel like it can kind of be the same here where if you're thinking too much about it, then yeah, you're going to exactly freak out. But if you're doing things, then it's it's it makes sense. It changes your relationship to the problem completely. Yeah, it it feels like a lot e- a lot like an easier lift. It's tangible. Exactly. Yes, it's, it's it, it, it is fixable. an easier lift. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's my biggest thing. Like as long and that's my biggest thing when it comes like, do I want to stay in Maryland? Right. Like I feel so deeply connected with this space, but like, there's beyond just Maryland. For it's me. scary to like try to build community. An, a new, a new, you know, yeah, like from scratch, it feels like, yeah, but you can do it. I know, I, I'm fully confident. Very do you have another place in mind? Honestly, like, I just need to get away from cold. My okay. brain is always picking at like Arizona or like even mm. as crazy as Puerto Rico, but then back to the doomsdays, Puerto Rico has tons of hurricanes, and two, mm. I'll be a super gentrifier there, right? And some not like just igno- like just my presence of me moving to that island the end the puerto ricans acts we don't want folks to come here right yeah but i feel like if i were to be intentional about the way i move in these in any area right it'll be different but yeah. that is my biggest thing is like it's just the cold the cold and also trying to build community because i struggled with that when i went to new york like though it's hard it's and like i remember someone had told me like new york is not the place to go to feel lost mm-hmm. and i'm like you're right what yeah. the hell am i doing here but now that i have a significant other that is feeling the same feelings of like maryland just isn't our forever i'm like i agree and yeah. we need to go somewhere where there's warmth is what we talk about but it's just a very scary feeling and that is where well, my doomsday is comfortable is. yes yeah and that is that's my doomsday my doomsday mm-hmm. is how am I going to build a community somewhere else? And my doomsday is Maryland right now. It's like, I don't want to stay here, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I have big family. And I know. Well, that's the thing. Even like I get a little bit envious of my brother sometimes because he moved to Arlington. Mm-hmm. So he has this built in community that they're really, you know, yeah. I mean, I went to, I've been to a few of their house parties. Mm-hmm. 
I swear, I don't know how he has so many friends, but it's like they all just band together and then brought in their other friends from the outside. And then it's just like a big, a huge group. group. Meanwhile, I'm like in New York for years and still scraping together like the same, like we're all five friends trying to like make, make, <laughs> make plans yeah. and things. But, um, uh, yeah, I get like a little Arlington envious. is also a pretty young town right it now. It is young. It's yeah. a very young town. So like I get I get that. But I mean, but, like that's what I want to be surrounded by. I feel that fee. I think and I I said this to my best friend and even to my significant other. I have great girlfriends, mm-hmm. but and I think about this a lot. My mother has friends, but my mother doesn't really go out with her friends, right? Mm-hmm. I think her the main thing she had done was go to churches with these friends mm-hmm. or like no yeah go to churches with these friends and like i love adore my mother but i think about how i want to be different from her in the mm-hmm. future right i love the woman she is mm-hmm. but i see also how she's lacking the woman in her the woman's in her space right i think a lot she is a big caretaker so the women mm-hmm. in her space are the women that need to be taken care of okay and that's cool right she's a great caregiver but i look at my mother i'm like i know i wish and she talks about she's like all the women that were my friends or are my friends are also caregivers so their main focuses Mm. are their families gotcha and i'm like wow that feels kind of painful to hear as a daughter but i'm also recognizing i don't want that for myself and it's even now a big fleeting feeling for me is that i'm trying to ground myself in is how do I maintain my friendships with my girlfriends? Love them to death. But we're all the same plane of like, we get tired. Yeah, I know. We're all I sleepy know. freaking <laughs> girls. And the main I thing know. that like, I'm really big on is like, it's fun. Like all of us have the big sleepy energies, but we're also fucking nuts when we drink, right? <laughs> we get so hyper and like, out of nowhere, we're Silly. like hitting up three different bars in one night for no reason the Mm -hmm. next morning we're like why did we do that always great times Mm -hmm. but it's like the intentions that we want to bring in my friendship so like a big thing for me now is like how do i get my girls to come out to do hiking more yeah or just like being in my house we outside we were talking about doing um what 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 were we calling it like a standing activity like a like a a activity that we do bi-weekly or something Uh uh-huh you know just to like get it on the calendar, Put it on the Google yeah. calendar. <laughs> um but no my parents like that's one of the things that i really value about what they've done my parents are so connected their, their community is very strong i mean my dad's it's birthday amazing. was in january he turned 80 which Happy is crazy pops. um and my mom invited 160 people to his birthday holy party. i'm pretty sure something like that and like over 120 came oh, for love. an 80th birthday. Like, could you imagine? Was it at the inn? No, it was here. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was at our house. And, like, inside? Inside, a little outside. Like, people just kind of. That's amazing. It was crazy. And I, I just thought about the fact of, like, when I'm 80, will I have that many oh. people want to come out to celebrate my birthday? Like, that would be pretty cool. But it just feels oh, like. Wow. I can't. It, it's, it's hard to it's hard to picture you know because you know how much it takes to like cultivate that community you know it takes a lot of effort you have to like I have friends who complain about like and I'm I'm not talking anyone 
targeting anyone in particular. So don't take this personally if you're listening and you think it's you. It's not you. I'm just talking generally. <laughs> yes. But I have friends who, um, who like complain that they have not been reached out to by others. Yeah. And I'm like, just do it. You know, just do it. Like, yeah, you can like sulk about the fact that they haven't reached out and decide that, you know, you don't want to be their friend anymore or you can just reach out and see what's going on. Like, yeah. You just have no idea. Sometimes you're the bad friend and well, that's sometimes okay. Sometimes it's just intentional yeah. either. Like people get busy yeah, and, and life gets hard. And I mean, I even have a friend, a few friends who are terrible, terrible, terrible texters. And I'm like, okay. Like, do I need to go? Is your, is your form of getting You have out? to give yeah. somewhere, yeah. you know, either answer a phone call or like, you I'm know, knocking I'm knocking on your door, you get dressed and we go now. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to give up on them as friends. Of course. <laughs> of course. But like, that's how you keep up yeah. your community. It's like, just make like, just, just reach out. <laughs> just I, do it. I, you know, like. My boyfriend caught into bed y- yesterday night, mm. and he was like, yo, this group chat is just going. I'm like, what time is it? He's like, it's 2 a.m. I have, like, everyone keeps sending memes. He's like, dude, everyone just keeps talking. I'm just like, how do you guys? And like, you were just <laughs> saying your <laughs> no. brother just cultivated such a big oh my friend God. group. Yeah. And I'm like, how do men just naturally do that? Mm-hmm. What is it? And I know women do it. I know yeah. there's huge friend groups out well, there. Well, I think men do it more in like their earlier years yeah and then i've seen a lot of men who like become friends with their girlfriends boyfriends boyfriends or like circles you know kind of yeah let their own friends kind of fall off but like in the early 20s it's actually very strong like guy friend energy and yeah. then it kind of like trickles out and like it's actually kind of crazy. It's like I'm getting so many thoughts about this. But just the other day, I saw a TikTok about a guy, like it's a woman, a girl on the screen, and she's overhearing her husband say on the phone, like, yeah, you bring your wife so my wives can hang out. And the wife in the TikTok was like, <clears throat> no, no, no. And I'm just like, damn, I feel like that's, I'm not a wife, but yeah. if my boyfriend's friends had a girlfriend, be like yeah bring her over yeah but like i'm scared that that's how we're gonna be in the future which makes me more more aware of how i don't want to be that like like who you like being willing to spend time with other so people other people yeah <laughs> that sounds so silly to say oh, wow. yeah but no but that's but yeah. that's what the tiktok i mean like being alone is great like i love my alone time mm-hmm. but i i think the older i'm getting the more I crave my friends. Well, I think the one thing that I'm excited about, which I want to do more of, and I feel like you must be able to enjoy this a little bit more having a house. Mm-hmm. I really want to host. host. Yeah. Yeah. I even tweeted the other day that like I'm starting to have guest room envy because oh like I just want to like have like people can stay wake up and make people breakfast like stay over (laughs) come visit like yeah i I don't know all my friends like after we go out or even if we go to a restaurant i'm like you know i have a guest room and i also have a guest bathroom oh my god and i have guest towels i'm so (laughs) envious of that that's crazy but it's true like i granted benito's really hard to host with that guy is 82 pounds 85 pounds and he loves he doesn't understand that people don't like how big he is mm. and i'm cool with that yeah well he's a puppy he's a puppy yeah. exactly and some people are like don't know how to react when they see him some people like very much 
it's hard because with puppy energies, like people want to see him and scream and be like, mm-hmm. oh, and I'm like, no, that's complete opposite. We had to teach him place. But when I'm hosting, when we've had like, we had like World Cup brunches, which were really, really Aww. fun. And Benito very much is my reason sometimes to not host. But mm-hmm. hosting, I see my TikToks is hosting TikToks. But he'll probably. He gets used to it. He'll get better yeah. about that. Yeah, that's just like dog mom energy, yeah, yeah. anxiety. But yeah. hosting is great. I literally tell my friends, come sleep over, come spend the night. Cause I feel like that's my, like, that's the one um, suburban fantasy that I have yeah. about, like, you know, hosting, hosting and having a guest room. <laughs> it's Stop, so like fun. I love it. And, like, Franco is just as sociable as I can be. Mm-hmm. So he's always telling his friends to, like, on the night yeah. <laughs> it's just it's fun to have an energy there that especially one that you're choosing to have right and like hosting is fun like right now i have my eldest cousin with me remember okay. Achi? Adrian? Yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah my aunt oh my son he's now 16 wow he, and oh my he's God. staying the weekend with us and franco's took t- taking him to well, to go play soccer and all this stuff so it's actually funny because i feel like i've reached that age now and and don't necessarily have the space to match it but like where i have said to my cousins about their little young ones. ones of like just send them to you or they can stay with me uh-huh. like it'll be a little adventure time for them you know but like being that fun aunt or cousin is kind of fun sometimes yeah like, you can just send them away when you are done with them but but like as like a 13 year old you know how how fun would that be to just like get to oh, go totally you and know. that's why I appreciate my cousin's mom, my mom's sister, my aunt Joey. Yeah. Like she and I, I think she's like thirty-four, so she's only about eight years older oh, than wow. me. So when I was younger, when I was turning like eighteen, twenty-one, mm-hmm. like she was my fun aunt. Like I loved yeah. having that. Right. And I know, like I'm twenty-six, and I just like I wish I had like a 16 year old Achi or something in uh-huh. girl, girl versions that I'm just like tell me about what's going what they're doing and he's yeah. telling me like he tells me like all his high school stuff but he's connecting more with Franco because they're boys yeah and I'm just like oh my god imagine if I had a really like I just think about all those 90s movies and it's funny because my nephew like he's 14 now and when he was here for I think it was for my dad's birthday um, I said to my brother, I was like, I'm going to like, cause they talk about, you know, sports or star Wars or yeah. whatever. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to dig deep with James. Like I'm going to get yes. there. I'm going to get there. And we did, we ended up having this whole conversation on the couch, like a philosophical conversation about God. like all the stuff he's into. And I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. Oh, like, I love it. <laughs> I've achieved something here. Oh, that's so, so nice. Especially yeah. like. It's fun to pick their brains because I feel like we almost connect, but of course not really. Well, I feel like also you forget what it's like to be that age and like you're experiencing, you're experiencing like a lot, you know, and I, I feel like I've been guilty of kind of like, they look so much younger now where I'm like, oh Oh my God, yeah. I, you know, I kind of write it off. Thank the Lord they look younger. You actually start asking them questions and then you're like, oh my God, like you're a, this sounds mm-hmm. so ridiculous, but like you are a full human with a range of really intense experiences. Yep. And you know, it needs to I be totally get that. And that's how I, I feel like I feel that way more about 
little ones yeah. than about teenagers because I don't. There's not a lot of teenagers in my life besides Adrian. Mm-hmm. But with little ones, especially when I'm out at the restaurant and I see little ones, I'm like, you. Oh my God! Yesterday, me and Franco had gone to um, Gringos and Mariachis, and we saw this dad with definitely like a three or four year old little daughter. And it was so sweet because Franco just kept staring at them. And this little girl was just... Is he having baby fever? Oh, Franco's four years, three years older. So that man oh, okay. is just like... <laughs> especially with his... He's just super Latino. And uh-huh. he's just he feels like his numbers are ending. Mm. And I'm like, your numbers are just starting, sweetie. What do you mean? It, but that's the that's our culture. Like, yeah. by this time, my parents, his parents had already had all their babies. My yeah. parents were like 27 with three kids. Wow. I'm 27 wow. with a dog. Could you imagine, though? Oh, hell no. I don't want to. I, oh, my God. I could. I mean, granted, if a kid were to come my way, you would just put on your bootstraps and have to do it. But I don't plan for that. Mm-hmm. That is something I'm just like, no. Right. <laughs> I want to live. I want to travel with him more. I want to mm-hmm. know, like, what this life is without child trauma, to be mm-hmm. honest. Because, like, all the kids are blessings in my family. But yeah. all the women had their kids. By the time they were 20, 21. It's like There's a specific sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the first woman in my family to not have a kid by 21. Wow. That my, from my dad's mom, my mom, my, my, cous- my cousins, everyone had had a kid at this point. So Franco was staring at this dad <laughs> with, his, with his four-year-old little girl. And she just kisses all over her dad. Aww. And just like... And he's like, stop, oh God, stop. He <laughs> and he, and he, like, and I was just looking at her and I'm just like, all you can think about right now is your daddy and how much you just love your parents. And I'm so tearing sweet. up, but it was just like, that is her experience. Yeah. Like, they have, she, her world is her parents. And so when I think about kids and like their experiences and like teenagers, like, you are such, you're a human. Yeah. And her little human world is her parents. And I'm just like, oh, and that is what that's my biggest birth control is I could never be selfish, selfish yet. Mm, Yeah, because that dad had a beer in his hand and he obviously was he was having fun with it. But he was like, honey, honey, he's like trying to drink his beer. And he like gave up because he was like, all right, she just wants to give me kisses. I know. And I think that's like that's part of like one of my biggest fears is that I just know that all of my energy would go towards like just trying to protect this thing you know just my anxiety about like making sure this thing it's is good. safe if that's my and good yeah, I, that, like that idea is overwhelming to yes me. and that's what i it tell, feels so intense and that's what i tell franco that like we just we're, we're very transparent with each other when it comes to marriage and kids mm-hmm. like i think we both think we plan for that to be in our future though we're not rushing it right yeah. and he's just like we can have like a kid in three, four years. And I'm just like, sure. Well, it's on the table. But like, let's talk about how we're going to parent them. He's like, but can't you, can't we just talk about that when the kid comes? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, honey, yeah. wait. But that's like what he thinks. He's like, he's like, why, why talk about it now? Just when it happens. I'm like, do you study before a test? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, so why won't you study for a kid? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I don't think about it that way. He's like, it's crazy because you guys do. I'm like, yes, we have to think about it that way. The like, list the l- of responsibilities. The list. Have you seen crazy. the list, the Twitter list of women, like this woman saying 
I'll have to why think not to why yeah. not to get yeah. Yeah. I, d- I didn't look at it <laughs> I no, I don't I just always see the yeah. fast scrolling right. of her yeah. like going down the list I'm like I don't want to know what's on that list yeah. but it's true like I'm not ready ready to be a mother I'm not ready to be a wife yet either because only because I still fear that I like still fear so much energies of what my mom didn't experience when she was younger mm-hmm. she's always advocating for like she advocated me f- to get this house, right? Yeah. And she's all, she's like still advocating for me to just figure out what I want. Yeah. She adores, like, I know she's... But that's great that she's, like, encouraging you to yeah explore those things rather than, like... Yeah, and, like, shout out to my mom. But my dad's doing the opposite, and I love my pops. But my, my pops is the classic Latino, where he's like, Mija, you need to get married. And my mom looks at him, and she's like, Marcos, no, she does not. And he's like... But she's just, she's at that age, like, that's her next step. I'm like, why do you think that's her next step? So mm-hmm. my parents are just, like, my dad is very much in the roots of, like, my youngest daughter is ready to get married. Yeah. Like, we're going to throw this party. And then my mom's like, no. Mm, how about we ask her? And I'm like, dad, I don't want to get married It's yet. nice that you can have them argue with each other versus, like, it. you arguing against both yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> I look at my dad, I'm like, I'm not ready. He's yeah. like, okay, but you're going to be ready in a year, right? I'm like, it's fine, Dad. I'll let you it's, dream on. No, but it's funny because I feel like that's come up for as as we've had more friends like getting engaged or getting married yeah. and stuff, and um, like I've had friends express that they want to get engaged in the next month or two, and like next month. Know? I'm sorry, next like year oh or so or I'm whatever. Like, who's getting? I'm like no, and <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and personally, I'm just like. All I think about is, like, my future and my career and just, like, how I want to spend my energy and, like, what I'm interested in and what I want to make. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I just know that that transition, all of your energy is going to start going towards the other thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, like no, there's just, just too much to address now. right here right now like right now i have to address all these things you know yeah. and I, that's exactly where i'm at i'm yeah. at, like i'm at fee it's like i still want to do so much in my career i want to yeah. switch up like i want i want a whole different career in like a few years mm-hmm. i want another house somewhere else in food still in food oh yeah food will always be in my life it's just more so like a higher premium position, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Um, <sighs> I just had this conversation too. And it's, granted, I feel so blessed with what I have now. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be very, very present because I know I can do so much. But all my financial goals I've hit and the goals I want to hit. That's amazing. I mean, kudos to you. And I'm proud of that. To be able to say that is huge. It's major. Yeah. But the financial goals that I want to hit now, I can't. Right. All of them are out the window because of this home, and it's a blessing, but I can't, I don't save up anymore because yeah. I have this home, and I have the bills, and also, guys, love my home, but we're a part of an HOA, and there's are a fee. They no, they're not even annoying. They're just not present. Mm. Like, I had to do something to the outside of my home. Mm. how to go through a whole approval process and like your broker or your landlord yeah ghosted you this person ghosted me so Mm -hmm. i was like you know what i'm gonna start the work without their approval oh shit they never 
said anything. So I'm like, all right, so you guys are just basically saying, in this very first experience I had with my HOA, that no one's going to do anything. HOA is a housing association. Yeah, exactly. No one's going to approve this process. And on the back end, no one's going to see if anything is happening or check up. So who's existing? Where is this money going to? Yeah. Granted, it's not like the, a leg and a tail for it, but it's like, I kn- like a part of the, when I bought this home, the description was HOA. This is what's involved. Pool, snow removal. We didn't have snow this year. Mm. Are, did they remove the snow plowing company from the HOA? That kind of stuff, yeah. right? And like, well, that's the, the, that's the thing that like I fear about like not being able to call my super to bring a plumber in you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. like like the simple things like that where something breaks and then all of a sudden like you have to you deal with it. it yeah yeah no that will, that's why you get a man and hopefully <laughs> your man or like no no jk jk i i actually need to start learning this stuff <laughs> <laughs> because i cannot rely on franco that's so funny. and like it's funny because i was just watching a new girl episode and nick and new girl mm-hmm. he just finically does random stuff yeah. to fix the apartment and they hate it when he does that <laughs> and that's basically me and franco right now like we just hit it we're like all right bet like our fridge has been making this horrible no just hit it and we just hit it and it's stuck <laughs> and my mom's like is there something probably stuck and that's we're like whatever so funny. the hitting the hitting it is gonna fix but yeah that why i can't have a kid i gotta fix <laughs> i gotta worry about hitting my fridge <laughs> yeah 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 but no like well, I mean, also, we should acknowledge the fact that, like, and, you know, I know everyone's tired of hearing about the pandemic, but I do feel like those years, like, we're making up for those years. Oh, definitely. You know, so, like, there's like, there's a million reasons why a lot of this timeline-wise is different than, like you were saying, for your parents, because, uh, like, financially, the world is a little bit yeah. different for us currently, and pandemic years, like, that took a lot away. So, yeah. I just I feel like automatically those two things is why a lot of this is happening later. Yeah. Generally. And the pandemic hit when I was when we were 23. What's crazy is I just saw an article from the New York Times about um, millennials are not experiencing a midlife crisis because they feel 20. (laughs) Like there was this guy who's like. 39 and an attorney and a father and he's like but economically i'm in my 20s i don't feel 39 like i don't feel so they're either saying that millennials millennials will hit a midlife crisis maybe in their 50s or 60s but might not because why do you hit a midlife crisis it's because you're bored with the mundaneness of life you're 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 scared that you're trapped in like Mm. this really monotonous routine but we haven't had that, you know, every like a lot of the millennial experience has been in crisis mode. That is true. <laughs> so nothing has been stable or. And nothing will ever feel as bad as COVID. Like, it's just like, how can I possibly be in crisis over stability? I don't have stability, you mm-hmm. know, like I don't have the security that you rebel against when you have a midlife that crisis. Is true. So I just thought that was. That's Both sad and fascinating. But that's actually kind of crazy because me and my girlfriends always talk about how I'm like, I still feel 22. Yeah. I say that so often. I still yeah, feel, I feel younger. so young. I still feel super silly. Whenever and I have to check like one of those survey boxes and I have to like pick over 25, yeah. I'm like, it's like the 25 to like 30 something range. And I'm like, oh, like what? <laughs> or like when you, when you're like 
getting a new subscription to something and it asks for your age and you like scroll back farther away yeah, every year. The year. Yeah, the year. I'm yeah. like, that was a lot of scrolling for 1996. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's true. I still feel so young and I'm yeah. so thankful for that. And it's like, I wouldn't want it any other way. I, I will always be silly. And yeah. And I know. That's a nice part of, of that I think a lot of like this generation is bringing into parenting as well for those who are yeah. parents is like there's a little bit more levity because levity what a nice word it is i love it i mean you kind of <laughs> just kind of have to sometimes yeah you have to just make it <laughs> feel a little lighter when especially when things are in that crisis so true so. yeah Mm-mm. well melanie i won't keep you much longer but i have yeah. three random questions just to um send us off here so if you could travel anywhere in the world next where would you want to go Oh my god. So many places. I would want to say like Greece. Mm. Just Oh, I lied. Lake Como, Italy, Italy. Oh, okay. Only because I've been really into Star Wars lately. <laughs> really? And Have I you watched The Mandalorian? Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out Pedro Pascal. Oh my I god. I love him. He is having the season of his life. Of course. Yeah. He's amazing. So, like, I would love to go there. Oh, what a dream. Toys. Um, okay, two. Mm-hmm. Who do you most want to see in concert? <gasps> the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they've been at, I think they Yes, they had three Madison nights. Square Garden or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. they were, no. like, at a theater. Uh, Broadway oh, that's right. That's or right. Or something right. like that. Yeah. yeah. And every single night is a different album. That is so fun. And uh, I, Franco wants to see them live. And I know they're really? going to, they're, they're dropping an album soon. So he's like, we're going to go see them live. Oh and God. last year I was supposed to go to, I think two years ago, last year, I don't know. I was supposed to go to a concert with my friends, Maddie and Pau- P. Uh-huh. We didn't go. And me and Franco had just started dating. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, we'll go. Let's go get tickets. And I'm like, no, like it's, I just felt that was just my childhood. I was so, you yeah. know, I was oh, yeah. into that. I know. And I'm like, you, we've been dating three months. You do not want to see how I'm going to act at a George Brothers concert. <laughs> And little do I find out, he's like, I'm going to act the same dude, so, so I want to see the Donish Brothers. That would be a good one. I, You'll see me there in a few months. I hope that they're dressing for the era. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you seen them? No, I, don't, dude, I don't know if I've seen any of the clothes. They dress. They're just great. Like, I want to see a skinny scarf wrapped yes, twice around. Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> yes. Kevin wore the skinny scarf on, so the, on the stage the other day. That's amazing. They're, they're in it. They're in it. Okay, good. That's good. Okay, third one. Favorite recent book or movie? Favorite movie has actually had it been um Oh, I just saw it on Netflix. Um that's really gonna it's someone with Jonah Hill. Um okay, there's two on Netflix right now. Is it the the with Lauren London? Um um Oh my God, why can't I He's a super name? Jewish family yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like a super, super a, black and family. And Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy. Yeah, oh my God, I can't think of the name That was right great. Now. I know exactly what so you're talking about. It was so awkward and like. It was very the awkward. Deliver- the mother's deliverance was so awkward. Dude. I know. But like, it was great. I think I teared up at the end. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> one of my favorites, but yeah. All right, all right, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Melanie. Thank you so much for joining us and for catching us up to speed. Always, Faith. Um, It is such a pleasure to have you again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Fiona Winch with Melanie Guerrero.